Hello and welcome to episode 408 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan and I am back for another edition of Market Monday in August 8th edition. This show is designed to get you up to speed very quickly on recent average draft position, aka ADP movement in the fantasy football markets. In the show notes, you can find a free link to the charts and the full article on this topic from ETR Director of Analytics and the man behind all this, Michael Leone. If you are the type of person listening to a fantasy football market update podcast right now, you should be putting your knowledge to work on underdog fantasy. Promo code ETR will get you up to $100 in free entries. And remember, they have a $2 million to first fantasy tournament going on right now. Absolutely insane stuff. That's promo code ETR for up to $100 in entries at underdog fantasy. All right. Let's begin with the risers from the last seven days. And there have been some massive moves in Denver stemming from the Tim Patrick, unfortunate ACL tear. I'll start with KJ Hamler. He's up 36 spots on underdog to 159th overall. You know, remember KJ Hamler tore his ACL in week three of last season. So much like everything surrounding J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and Robert Woods and Big Bogtanyan, you know, we're watching KJ Hamler's rehab. Obviously, he's had far more time than guys such as Chris Godwin, Michael Gallup, Odell Beckham, Jameson Williams. I actually know KJ Hamler very well. Shout out Penn State. I actually thought when he was coming out of college, if he had run his 40 and he didn't participate in the combine because of a hamstring issue, but if he had run his 40, I think he would have been around one pick because the dude is outrageously fast. But he ends up going round two. He's a bit small at 5'9", 178. But where he wins really does fit with where Russ Wilson wins, those deep, loopy bombs. The the problem for me on Hamler is that there's still so much competition in Denver. You know, Judy and Sutton and Javante and Melvin and Alberto and Dolchich. You know, I, I'm fine with Hamler, but where he's going now, I prefer Josh Palmer, George Pickens, Robbie Anderson, Nico Collins in that range. I actually think that the Tim Patrick injury makes me feel stronger about Alberto. I, I always just like want to close my eyes and bet on this dude's talent. And with Tim Patrick down now, we could see more two tight end sets. And also KJ Hamler's routes don't overlap with Albert O's routes like Tim Patrick's could have. So with all the Greg Dolchich hype, Albert O's ADP on underdog has sunk into the 150s and I'm taking him there for sure when I need a tight end. Next big riser is Romeo Dubs. I mentioned him last week as he was up 15 spots to 199, but it went nuclear this past week. He's now up another 35.2 spots on underdog to 163rd overall. And listen, we're on him. You know, we've been on him. Amico has been all over and been high on Dubs and low on Christian Watson in Dynasty. And he's just having a buzzworthy camp for sure is Romeo Dubs. And I do think he's worth a flyer given their depth chart. I still don't have a ton of faith in Alan Lazard executing as a wide receiver one. I don't have a ton of faith in the corpse of Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins, et cetera. But really the question is how much will Dubs play as a rookie? Because, and look, I don't want to overrate week one in fantasy. You know, I think that's a huge mistake people make. What really matters is how players are used come October, November, December. And Dubs did get a bunch of first team reps in the Packers scrimmage Saturday. He was number three outside Receiver behind Sammy Watkins and Lazard. He was number two slot man. Beyond Lazard, he's showing versatility. He finished with 13 snaps with the first team. Sammy Watkins got 16. Alan Lazard, 19. But man, 
163rd overall for Romeo Dubs. I, I think that's a bit too rich for me. We're still talking around for a rookie on a slow run oriented team. I'd be surprised if any Packers wide receiver really goes nuts on target share. They don't have the alpha that we remember, you know, the Greg Jennings, the Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams type. Brendan Ayuk is up 9.1 spots to 78.7 overall. Big time drum beat on Brandon Ayuk so far this camp. He's reportedly been one of the stars of 49ers camp. And it seems like the doghouse stuff is behind him, although I know he got into some fights at camp. But as Silva has noted, Brandon Ayuk finishes, fits better with Trey Lance than Debo does. In other words, Jimmy G had this pathetically low average depth of target and Debo would just do insane things after the catch. Trey Lance's game is more vertical, less accurate, where Ayuk is far better in the vertical game. I, I still, though, think this is going to be a very, very, very run-heavy offense. And I love Trey Lance. I love drafting Trey Lance. But there's still some fragility in his efficiency as a passer. Where Brandon Ayuk is going right now, again, high 70s. I prefer Kadarius Tony. I prefer Devonta Smith. I prefer Drake London. I think Chris Olave and Tony Pollard are options in that range for me as well. So I don't end up with a, land, a lot of Brandon Ayuk, but I, I do get it. Let's get to this week's fallers. Josh Jacobs is down five spots to 68.5 in ADP. And meanwhile, Zimir White is up 16 spots to 190th. Of course, this stems from the Hall of Fame game where Jacobs surprisingly played 11 snaps. And I'll certainly concede that if you really like a player, if a team really likes a player, a veteran, a veteran running back especially, you probably don't play him in the Hall of Fame game. It's like really, really rare. But Las Vegas did play all their running backs, including Kenyon Drake, including Zamir White, even though Zamir had been banged up a ton in camp and during the spring. So I'm not really going to change any Jacob's thoughts based on what happened in the Hall of Fame game, but that's largely because I was already really low on Josh Jacobs. It will almost certainly be a committee a role-based committee similar to what Josh McDaniels and the Patriots famously used. Jacobs is just tough to get excited about for me because he'll almost certainly lose pass-down work. And given how good Las Vegas' pass catchers are around the goal line, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs' touchdown expectation is not great. And also, I think Samir White and Kenyon Drake could mix in in base as well. So I I'm actually upset that people are reacting to the Hall of Fame game stuff because I want my opponents to take Josh Jacobs in the 60s. Next faller, Matthew Stafford is down 6.6 .6 spots on underdog to 103.9 overall. Obviously, this stems from the concerns around Stafford's throwing elbow. And honestly, I'm not too sure what to think about that. I, I do know that this injury has been going on for a while, all offseason. And if the Rams or Stafford were really concerned, I think they could have opted for a more aggressive course, maybe even surgery soon after the Super Bowl, but but they didn't. They've gone for rest and a pitch count treatment plan. And Stafford threw at practice over the weekend, reportedly threw it a lot, threw it great, said he felt great. I, I do think there's enough concern here probably to move Cooper Cup to fourth overall, the back of that top tier. And if you want to pass on Stafford in drafts, there's really not much downside there because he's a non-mobile quarterback in a balanced offense. You know, we can get similar expectation a little bit later from Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins, you know, they have similar profiles as Stafford. My gut is that Stafford will likely be fine. You know, he probably won't throw a ton in practices all year. He may need some injections, 
but the dude's been playing through pain and playing well through pain for a decade. So I think he'll be fine. Last faller to mention is Miles Sanders. You know, dude keeps falling three spots more now down to 83.1. There's obviously been a ton of anti-Sanders pro Kenny Gainwell stuff out there through camp. I think it's very clear the Eagles plan to go full-blown committee with Sanders, Gainwell, and Boston Scott mixing in as well. I do think that Miles is their best pure runner, and they know that. But Gainwell is their best pass catcher, and they did give Gainwell eight carries from inside the 10-yard line last year as a round five rookie. Miles Sanders had 10 of such those carries. All that said, like almost every backfield in the NFL is a committee now. And if you read Brandon Thorne's latest article in our draft kit, you know the Eagles have the NFL's number one offensive line per Brandon. I mean, they're just so loaded on offense. So to get Miles Sanders in the mid to late 80s, and I've even seen him fall into the hundreds at times. I mean, that's a buy to me. And I'm sure Kenny Gamewell's ADP is going to keep rising as he keeps getting buzz. But running backs who are good at catching passes on good offenses and are cheap, I think it's hard to go too, too wrong there. I mean, Gainwell earned 50 targets on 298 snaps last year. A lot of those were from Gardner Minshew, but still. All right, what I'm watching this week upcoming is some of the Cardinals running back stuff. I think there's definitely a chance that we may have undersold Eno Benjamin's role. Like he could end up playing a version of the Chase Edmonds role. There's some rhetoric around that. And if he steals pass down work from James Conner, um, that's going to be an issue. And hopefully we get a look at this in the preseason. But still, we will need to look at, take a closer look at Connor. I will say that there's a lot of room for James Connor to profit on a round three ADP. So even if Eno plays, I don't think James Connor in round three is ever bad. But still, we'll be watching that. And yes, every team will play a preseason game this week. Of course, we'll be charting every first team snap to see how players are used. I think it's incredibly valuable. Stay tuned for more on that. Four, Leone. Four, Jerry. I am Adam. Good luck everybody.